It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. Another edition of East Coast Bias right here on the Ringer Gambling Feed, Ringer Gambling Show, FanDuel TV. Um, It's actually getting tough, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep track of what me and the boys are doing day after day, week after week, because we are all over the place, as you know, from Winger Wise Guys on Sunday to our two pods that we have during the week. But we're ready to get you set. For week two across the board in the NFL, the triple threat reunited. It's Joe House, Raheem Palmer, yours truly, J.J. Jansky-Stremski. And, boys, we have to begin with the aftershock of what we saw on Monday night. And, House, we know that the Jets killed Carl in Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I remember Vinny Testaverde in 1999. And I remember Mark Sanchez playing a meaningless fourth quarter of a preseason game against the New York Giants back in 2013. But to basically have, and I'm here in New York, so of course it's near and dear to my heart, we have been talking about Aaron Rodgers to Jets since January, since he played his last game with the Green Bay Packers. So to go through all of that, the the arrival, Pat McAfee, all of the extracurriculars off the football field, hard knocks, and he's done After one series, four plays, Achilles, that's it. It's over. We're not going to see Aaron Rodgers again. House, even as a Dolphin fan, I feel bad for my Jets brother, and I really do. No one would dare, would dare write a script that featured that kind of sequence of events, right? Except for the NFL script writers. Because here we are, right? We know there's a master plan, JJ. All of this last year was my favorite running joke of last season. Whoever invented it, I think it might have been some of the Barstool guys, whatever. The NFL always... It was Arian Foster. Arian Foster, that's right. The script, baby. This is a script that everybody would have thrown in the trash, except for that's what happened. And I am absolutely heartbroken not just for my Jets friends, the fans in my life, but really for the entire NFL because the NFL is better with its characters. We want our characters to be part of the storyline. And Aaron Rodgers has really turned himself into a terrific character over the last uh, handful of years. Combination of lifestyle, uh, his swagger, and his play on the field. He's very compelling. So it's great for NFL, for the content, for us in our business, 
to have Aaron Rodgers in our lives, heartbroken to have him out, and especially heartbroken because that Jets team looked good. I mean, the the combination of special teams, which obviously won them the, the, the game, the, the defense proved out. They showed us their capacity. That speed on defense was outstanding. What they baited Josh Allen into was outstanding. And at the skill positions on offense, Brees Hall looked awesome. I mean, the 80, the, the 80 yard run was what it was, uh, whatever that long run was. But although, you know, in, in addition to that, he showed burst, he showed strength and coming off of that injury, it was a question mark that that question has been answered, but we're in this preposterous predicament now dream of playing who are the jets going to get to play quarterback. And it completely reshuffles both the AFC East, which immediately set the pod father on fire. He couldn't wait to talk about how much it improved the Patriots chances, but also the entire AFC, because when we were sitting and looking at the uh, forecast for that conference this year, we said, Oh my God, look at all of these teams that have potential to do stuff. And, and now are we in the position of like, we have to immediately reassess after week one dream. Oh yeah. We totally have to reassess now. I mean, we came into this year knowing that the jets had a very difficult schedule. So they were fighting an uphill battle, but this makes the AFC East a lot easier. And I think the biggest winners are the Miami dolphins who, I mean, they look like they look tremendous in week one, but when it comes to the New York jets, it's really, really tragic because, you know, like you said, Aaron Rodgers. Not only has he been one of the best quarterbacks in the league over the last 15, 20 years, but he's been a character. He's basically been white Kyrie. Um, but you're really going to miss Aaron Rodgers because you're replacing him with Zach Wilson, a guy who was 61st in EPA per play last year. And, you know, you look at that game and if Josh Allen just plays regular, if he just tones down the aggression level, they win that game by double digits. And, you really got to look at Josh Allen because since the start of the 2021 season, this is a guy who's played 34 games and has 32 interceptions to 23 fumbles. You have to wonder if he's a guy who they can actually win a Super Bowl with because he has all the talent in the world, but he can't stop turning the ball over. Okay. A couple of things I want to get to. First of all, great cameo by House's dog. Say hello, number one. I always she love just wanted in. She wanted to park. be in. Who am I? I can't stop her. <laughs> No, you can't stop her. Bark at the park. A-OK here on FanDuel TV. But what I want to run at you guys, we know it's going to be Zach Wilson at quarterback for the remainder of the year for the Jets. And look, I think we'll all agree. Zach Wilson is not any good. He was terrible last year. There's a reason why the Jets replaced him and brought in Aaron Rodgers to begin with. But it's a team that has a terrific and maybe a top five, top three defense in the NFL. They have a great two-headed monster at running back with Brees Hall and with Dalvin Cook. They have Garrett Wilson. They have some pieces to work with. They're adjusted over-under for the year on FanDuel. Is it eight and a half wins with the over? You're getting plus 128 to make the playoffs. Raheem, beginning of the year, I mean, we were talking about it throughout the summer on East Coast Bias. House, I think you played the Jets to miss the playoffs. I think you got them at plus money. So, so are you, Raheem. The Jets, any interest in them making the playoffs plus 205? Intrigued? I have no interest at all. 
I mean, when you look at their schedule, they have the Cowboys, they have the Patriots, they have the Chiefs, they have the they're on the road at the Broncos, they have the Eagles, they hit they play the Giants, they play the Chargers, they play the Raiders, they play the Bills, they play the the Dolphins, they play Atlanta. They may not be a favorite. Like, when are they a favorite in any of those games? Yeah, the problem, JJ, is I don't think that Zach Wilson is going to be their quarterback for the entire season, but they can't get the guy that they need in time to be competitive. They're going to lose too many games in this first portion of the schedule to make up for it at the, at the back end. You have to have 10 wins in the AFC, I think to make the playoffs as a, as a wild card. And that AFC North is sitting there staring at you. In addition to the other teams in your own division, the Patriots, the the dolphins and the bills, notwithstanding the fact that they got a leg up on the bills with that week one win. And I can't get to a path. If they take L's between now and, and like week eight, week seven, week eight, and they go in there with only three wins then they really have to go on a tear. To me, the quarterback solution, it's out there. It is somebody like Matthew Stafford. It's somebody like Kirk Cousins. It's somebody like Kyler Murray. All these other backup names, I don't know what the point in, you know, spinning your wheels, spinning your tires, treading water is with most of the backup names that we've heard. I will say if they make a very sweet offer to Washington and they come down here and they bring me some pizza from John's and they, they hook up a little bit of, of uh, you know, some New York Italian food, we could do a deal. We could do a deal for Jacoby Brissett. And I actually think that Jacoby Brissett could be really good in that offense. Um, they won't ask him to do too much. He's a very good game manager. That's the one guy that I've heard name-wise that makes sense. But otherwise, for this team, how it's built, with all of the talent in those other units, you got to put a quarterback in there that's capable of, of delivering. And, you know, the, 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 the number of losses that are staring them in the face between now and when they might get that quarterback feels insurmountable to me. Here's the problem. They invested in Zach Wilson a few years ago as the number two pick. It was a failed investment, but they invested. They had the chance to cut bait in the offseason when they brought Aaron Rodgers in. They decided not to do that. They had this whole mentorship program, this idea, and it got floated around in New York. Listen, there were some people that are sipping that Kool-Aid that all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is going to be this positive influence on Wilson and that Wilson's going to be much better. I don't buy it. Let me just throw that out there, fellas. I don't buy it. I don't smell it. I don't believe it. But that's what the Jets are selling you. Therefore, I think this year, to your point, House, unless you tell me they're getting Matt Stafford, which I don't see how they're making that work financially. Unless you tell me they're getting Kyle Murray, I don't know how that works financially, or um, Kirk Cousins, any of these other names, they don't change a damn thing. And that includes Jacoby Brissett. Yes, is Jacoby Brissett an upgrade over Zach Wilson? He is, but are you a player? Are you a championship team with Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback? You're not. So I do believe the Jets are going to give Zach Wilson, who was, remember, this front office's Number two pick, every last chance this year to be the guy. And I don't think he will be. I think to Raheem's point, you're probably playing it safe by not getting involved with the Jets to go and make the postseason. But listen, that's what the Jets are going to do. The Jets are not going to do something drastic as far as quarterback is concerned. Quickly, I want to get to this, boys, because we got to get to the one o'clock slate. And it was just a lot 
to dive into as far as this Rodgers aftermath, what it means for Super Bowl odds, what it means for playoff odds, you name it. Raheem, you kind of hit on the team that impressed you the most in week one. That was the Miami Dolphins going to L.A., winning that game outright to a point out of his mind. House, I'm going to throw that question to you. Who is the team in week one that kind of opened your eyes maybe more than anybody else? Well, I wouldn't say that they opened my eyes. They answered questions. And it's the San Francisco 49ers. Because I think the challenge for them of coming from West Coast to East Coast and going into Pittsburgh, which is traditionally not a very friendly place for an opposing team, and the open questions around what kind of shape is Bosa going to be in? What kind of shape is is Brock Purdy's elbow going to be in? How is McCaffrey going to look? You know, are they able to overcome Mike McGlinchey on the offensive line, you know, taken off. All of those questions were answered in resounding fashion. They put a good old-fashioned ass-whooping on the Steelers, and the Steelers are not a franchise that you expect to be on the receiving end of that kind of thing. So to me, it was the 49ers. I was super impressed by Dallas, but Dallas is the Giants' daddy. All Dallas did was, was was play the Giants and whoop them one more time. I mean, it was an extra whooping, right? With the, not allowing a score and pulling their pants down the way they did. But that's just, you know, standard order for the New York, for the, for the New York Giants when they face the Dallas Cowboys. San Francisco impressed me, JJ. Guys, I think I'm going to surprise you with a team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who remember, Raheem and I were on. We talked about it as far as being a rat line for week one against the Minnesota Vikings. I thought Mike Evans looked great. I thought Baker Mayfield was efficient. I thought the Buccaneer defense did what they needed to do in the fourth quarter. And opportunity awaits in that mediocre, woeful NFC South. Maybe, just maybe, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a little bit better than we thought. So when we come back, we'll get to the team that disappointed the fellas the most. And maybe you should be sounding the alarm a little bit for what you saw in week number one. We're also going to get to the 1 o'clock window, which, by the way, is going to be a thing of beauty on the Octabox or the 4Box now that I love on YouTube TV. They better have all these games rocking because I can't wait to wager on all of them. It's East Coast Bias right here on the Ringer Gambling Show and FanDuel TV. Hey, hey, betting buddies, get ready to start the NFL week off right because right now all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Vikings and the Eagles, and you will get bonus bets back if you don't win. My betting buddies, I am on Kirk Cousins over passing attempts. I am on Dallas Goddard over pass receptions, and I am on A.J. Brown over receptions as well. The NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a bigger payday. Betting buddies, you can build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers, G-A-M-B-L-E-R-S, so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. The refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund, $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. So, fellas, welcome back. We'll go to the team that disappointed us the most in week one. And Raheem, I'm going to start with you on this. I have a feeling with what you're going to answer, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to keep it in the vault, and I'll let you know after you answer if I agreed or I disagreed. So we'll see if I'm on the same wavelength, Raheem. Let's go. You already know what I'm going to say. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a team that got dominated 30-7, to and Brock Purdy went out there and did whatever he wanted to do. Coming off a torn UCL, you just do not expect him to come into Pittsburgh where Mike Tomlin has typically thrived in the role as an underdog, especially as a home dog. I mean, this is a guy who, like I said before, 51, 27 and three as an underdog, 25, 11 and two against the spread the last five seasons and 15, four and three as a home underdog. Brock Purdy made it look easy. And one of the things that I found interesting is that, you know, Shield put this out on Twitter. Shouts to our, our coworker, Shield. The Steelers office has gone 36 straight games under offensive coordinator Matt Canada without gaining at least 400 yards of offense. There's been 269 instances since 2021 where offenses gain at least 400 yards. The Steelers have none of those. At one point, you're watching that Steelers and 49ers game, and the 49ers had 199 yards, and the Steelers had one, one yard. That's the most disappointing team for me, and I think this week, there's going to be a lot of sharp money on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I think the Cleveland Browns might go out there and go 2-0 and beat this team back-to-back as underdogs. I'm just not buying the Steelers team at all. My goodness. I don't know if I can go there with you on that one, Dream. I'm one of those. I'm a a fake sharp. I'm not a real sharp, but I love Pittsburgh back-to-back weeks at home as an underdog. Divisional game, another, you know, opportunity for, for Tomlin in a divisional tilt like that. Anyway, JJ and Dream, my biggest disappointment is the Seattle Seahawks. And I know that they had cluster injuries, but for it was a tale of two halves. They didn't punt the ball in the entire first half. And the second half, their offense generated 12 yards total. The problem I have with that team is they were playing the LA Rams. Nobody other than their parents of the the LA Rams defense could name more than three guys on the LA Rams defense. Only the parents know who those guys are, but they went out there and they worked that Seattle offensive line. Now I know there were cluster injuries and I know Tyler uh, Lockett had a, uh, had an injury, but man, I don't look the clip that I saw uh, today. Maybe it already made the rounds of Aaron Donald coming up the middle and Geno Smith throwing the ball away as he yelled out, oh my God, as Aaron Donald appeared. That's the way I felt watching that game. Now, we did call it out on Wise Guys as one of the rat lines of the week because Sean McVay owns Pete Carroll and we couldn't understand, I couldn't understand, this is why I put it into the show, how it was that Seattle at one point in the offseason, a six-point favored, was steamed all the way down to a four and a half point favorite, the Sharps knew, and they put it right on them. Seattle's going on the road to Detroit, and if they start off 0-2, I might have to be uh, concerned with my ticket of them making the playoffs, and and certainly uh, I had taken a little bit of a long shot on them winning 
the NFC West. That 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 one's cooked. I don't like that one at all as we sit here, JJ. I don't like it either. And I told you that back in the summertime house, just because I'm very much bullish and a believer of the San Francisco 49ers. And even I was surprised, quite frankly, with how dominant they looked against the Pittsburgh Steelers. For me, boys, easy call, the Buffalo Bills. Because the Buffalo Bills went up against Zach freaking Wilson, and they're up by 10 points, and they can't win that game. I think that is a terrible, terrible sign of things to come for them. And listen, I know my heart might be talking a little bit here, but man, that would be so sweet to see the Miami Dolphins going to Buffalo and just, ugh, they owe them after the two games they lost that they should have won uh, last year. All right, speaking of week two, which we will get to, and no, Miami Buffalo is a couple weeks away. This is a loaded one o'clock window of games. I cannot wait to bet on a bunch of these games. Uh, Raheem, Ravens and Bengals, playoff rematch, juicy. The Bengals offense looked dreadful last week against the Cleveland Browns, but we know the trends. We know the vibe. Joe Burrow, terrible in Cleveland, has not played well against the Browns throughout his career for whatever the reason. Baltimore beat up after their win against the Houston Texans, but found a way to win, found a way to cover. Now you're seeing a Bengal three-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, I'm going to let you start the proceedings here. What do we see, my man? Okay, I hit it on this on Monday. The Baltimore Ravens are absolutely banged up right now. You have left tackle Ronnie St- Staley. He suffered a, a sprain, sprained knee. You have Tyler Limbo. He has a sprained ankle. Both of those guys might be out for this matchup. Then you look at the fact that J.K. Dobbins, he tore his Achilles. So this is a banged-up offensive line. And they're missing their top running back. And then you look on the other side of the ball, Marcus Wilson, Williams, he has a pec injury. So they're banged up in the secondary. Marlon Humphreys is still banged up. One of the things that you saw was that the Ravens had four offensive linemen in for workouts this week. And typically when, when that happens, that means their main guys aren't playing. I think this is a buy low spot for the Cincinnati Bengals. We all know Joseph Burrow, one in five against the Browns throughout his career, losing by average of almost 15 points a game. So the Browns just have his number. He's coming back week two. We all know he didn't really have a full training camp, a full preseason because he got banged up. He had that calf injury. So I think this is a good spot to buy low on the Bengals here. Everybody hates laying at three and a half. But when you have a Ravens team that really struggled with Houston in that first half, and then they have to come back and play a divisional opponent banged up, I think this is a great spot for the Bengals. Yeah, I, I'm with Dream on this, JJ. I hate the three and a half, and I have to to sit down and look at myself in the mirror and decide whether I'm going to buy the half point or stay away. If I play on this game, the way I might play it is on the total. I might play the under. It's 46 and a half. I think we will still see some continued rust out of uh, Joe Sizzle, but. Um, you know, the, the, the Baltimore's offense was not firing on all cylinders. In fact, they were outgained yardage wise by Houston. And with these injuries, these teams always play each other tough though. And it doesn't really matter the personnel. I mean, if you think about the, the challenge that Baltimore put up in that uh, playoff game in Cincinnati, they were like one play away. The, 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 the return fumble for a touchdown the Tyler Huntley, you know, g- gave up. Baltimore was in that game the entire time. The Ravens are 18-3 and 1 against the spread in their last t- 22 games as an underdog. Harbaugh against the spread as a divisional underdog is 18-8 and 1. 
I just don't love laying the extra half a point here, but it might be just be a stay away for me. Just enjoy the AFC North, you know, uh, black and, and blue uh, battered and bruised uh, division and stay away from, from any action on it, JJ. So here's my fear with this game, fellas. And Raheem, I get your points about the Baltimore injuries. You're right. But at the same time, I'm concerned about Cincinnati's offense. Cincinnati's offense has not had Joe Burrow getting in sync throughout training camp and throughout the preseason. They looked sluggish. They looked super rusty in week one against Cleveland. You throw in the fact that the Baltimore Ravens played brilliantly last year defensively in that playoff game. And to House's point, they should have won that playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's a revenge spot. It's a tough game for me. A lot of those elements and Harbaugh's and underdog point me in the direction of Baltimore. Then I'm like, is Cincinnati really going to start the year? 0-2 for the second consecutive season. I lean Ravens. I don't know if I will be playing Ravens. You're going to have to stay tuned for Ring of Wise, guys, and we'll take it from there. But stay away from me. That, that That's fair. Um, The one thing I will say is that there was a lot of inclement weather last week in that Browns Bengals game, and that won't be the case this week. So I expect the, the Bengals offense to look a lot better this week. Um, but you do make some great points. All right, boys. So let's pivot. Let's get to the Chargers and the Titans. And to me, this has rat line written all over it. Rat line. Now, the only reason it might not be a rat line is nobody likes betting the Chargers on the road. But House, I saw this one immediately. I don't care how crummy Ryan Tannehill looks. There is no certifiable way I am laying three points with that Charger team uh, in Tennessee when I know they have such a massive coaching discrepancy between Mike Vrabel and Brandon Staley. Can't do it. I'm not going to argue against you. This is a capital D, capital N, capital B. Gentlemen, do not bet this football game because this is an immovable object against, you know, up against a, <laughs> a, a force that can't be stopped. I cannot unsee what I saw out of Ryan Tannehill. He cannot be a quarterback in the NFL. He can't play the position. And I thought that we would be talking this entire week about Tennessee as the team out making desperate moves to get a quarterback that can play the position. He's worse than Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan ruined the Colts season last year. Tannehill's worse. Every metric you want to look at. I test metric, advanced metric, his own mama's metric. He can't play quarterback in the NFL. So I'm not betting any games involving the Titans. Their defense played their asses off. You know who doesn't believe in Ryan Tannehill? Mike Vrabel. They were kicking field goals. He thought that they would kick three field goals to win the game because he could. he's like, I just got to count on this defense. Tannehill can't do a damn thing. So he, and they came very close. I mean, Derek Carr made one good play in the fourth quarter, and that's how the Saints held on for that game. This one, I'm staying as far away as possible. Uh, I, I'm impressed by the Chargers' offense. Their defense stinks, but who cares about a terrible defense up against Ryan Tannehill? He's not a professional quarterback, Dream. Yeah, this is a really tough one. Um, I, I think my numbers were just. Like if I'm looking at this game, I think it's it's probably Chargers a pass, but the spot is really bad for the Chargers. You're asking the Chargers to 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 fly east and play that 9 a.m. start time. Like it's just a bad spot. But like House said, Ryan Tannehill is just really awful at this point. I mean, 16 to 34, three interceptions. 
Derrick Henry isn't the same quarterback at all. I think the Chargers are the better team, and they should win this game, but it's just the spot is really difficult. All right, boys. Uh, I might be on an island by myself. That's one of those bets, by the way, for what it's worth, getting three and a hook early, and we talk about this a lot. We did our Monday show. I don't think you're getting three and a hook with this game the rest of the week. I think the odds makers are very content with the idea of keeping this number now at three, and that's what you're going to see come week two and come kickoff. All right, when we come back, can the Chiefs really start the year 0-2? We'll find out what the boys think, and can the Jet defense keep them live, keep them relevant at least to week two against Raheem's Dallas Cowboys? All that and more. East Coast Bias coming right back. All right, boys. Kansas City. House. Kansas City gets Chris Jones and his contract taken care of. There are Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift rumors that are circulating on page six. And that just goes to show you sometimes if you will something into existence, maybe just maybe it can happen. Dream it if you can do it. Uh, You know, might have uh, the Chiefs singing Shake It Off uh, after week two if they go and take down the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we sit here on Wednesday, now Thursday, three and a half point spread. Tough game for me. Jacksonville played them tough in the postseason last year. Chiefs still with extra time to prepare. Where do we stand on the Chiefs and the Jaguars? So my reaction is let me have the Chiefs every day that ends in Y and twice on this coming Sunday against this Jacksonville Jaguars team. Because Chris Jones is back, and I think that this number... Now, wait, you're saying the Chiefs moved all the way up to three and a half as that favorites? Correct. That well, that's correct. because they must have saw my money come flying in from the top rope when this line was at three. I couldn't get enough down on the Chiefs. The two times that the Chiefs played Jacksonville last season... Both times, they were favored by nine and a half points. Now, I know that those were home games for the Chiefs, but that doesn't flip. All all that happened is a Thursday night game where two of the Chiefs' best three players didn't play, and they still had the ball and should have won that football game, but for a a very rare uh, performance out of their very mediocre receivers. But the Kadarius Tony thing, I'll regard as an outlier because if you look at his last two games, the Super Bowl, where he had a very good game, and then that game against Detroit, where he had a putrid game, cut it down the middle. If you get like half a Kadarius Tony, uh, then, then I'm fine. The, the half point must be coming in through some combination of people like me and folks that have a suspicion that Travis Kelsey is going to play because the three was beautiful. I'm so glad I, that I got the three. The Jaguars were outclassed on offense by the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts had three turnovers and three drives inside the red zone that they turned over the ball on downs. I wasn't that impressed. I do very much like Trevor Lawrence. I am very much looking forward to um, the Jaguars getting it sorted out over the course of this season. But that, that Jaguars defense didn't blow me away. And I felt like the Jaguars are not firing on all cylinders on offense. You can't go up against the Chiefs unless you're firing on on, on all cylinders. I like the Chiefs here, Dream. So there's an interesting trend. When you look at, obviously, the Chiefs aren't a cover machine by any means. But in the Patrick Mahomes era, 
when the spread is between plus three for the Chiefs and minus three for the Chiefs. And I know that line moved up to three and a half, but Patrick Mahomes is 10-4-1 against the spread. That's almost 71% against the spread. One of the things that I find interesting is that we know the Chiefs re-signed Chris Jones. He's going to be in there for this matchup. What is the thing that in which Jacksonville struggled with last week? Their offensive line was completely, it, it, it was a mess. Uh, you, you saw Trevor Lawrence get hit a couple times. We know Cam Robinson has been suspended for the first four games of this season. And then coming into this game, their right guard, Brandon Sheriff, is banged up. So if Chris Jones is out there, that's really going to go a long way towards helping this Chiefs defense. And we know. Travis Kelsey should be back for this matchup. And you can't expect Kadarius Tony to continue to drop passes. So I lean towards the Chiefs. I don't necessarily want to play this game just because it's just something funny about this line. I mean, it's only three. When you see how the Chiefs have played this team the last couple of times, I, I can't play it. But if I had to lean in any direction, it definitely would be with the Chiefs. All right, boys. We talked about this on Monday. Little did we know that Aaron Rodgers would suffer an Achilles injury and be out for the remainder of the year. But if you want to look at a line that has been totally thrown out of whack, take a look at the Jet Cowboy line. Raheem, you were talking about minus three, maybe minus three and a half. Well, now, as we get ready for kickoff on Sunday, the Cowboys are nine-point favorites. The total in this game has dropped considerably. It was a 49 total. Now you're looking at a 39 total. This game, to me, scary from a Cowboy perspective. I know it sounds crazy, but you're coming off a division win. You're a monster favorite. And I just think this has slugfest and ugly, disgusting football game written all over it, where I do believe the Jets can go stay in the game and cover nine points. Am I certifiably insane to think the Jets are going to play a competitive game on Sunday? I think you are. And the big reason why is because okay. when, you look, when you look historically, look at how teams perform on a short week, Monday night, and then have to go on the road. That's like a 39% wager. So I just think it's a bad spot. And, you know, typically a lot of people, they like to back these backup quarterbacks in their first start. Well, Monday night was basically Zach Wilson's first start as a backup quarterback because Aaron Rodgers only played four snaps. So I think that you got the, the backup quarterback bump on Monday night on 9-11 at home. That's where the backup quarterback bump came from. And I think now here's the letdown spot playing on a short week in your first road game in Dallas's first home game, their, their home opener. So I just think that Dallas defense with a guy like Zach Wilson, this could be a full-blown meltdown here. So, like, we saw a six-point adjustment. This line is going up from three-and-a-half to nine-and-a-half. I think this line should probably be around ten-and-a-half because I expect the Cowboys to win this game by double digits. Yeah, JJ, I did something that you're not supposed to do that the um, smart folks, the analytic folks, the professional betting community tell you don't do this but i did it i played a three-leg seven-point teaser because i wanted the cowboys down under a field goal oh, and man. we were talking over, over the course <laughs> of you know the show about the other two legs of this thing but i wanted plus money i just wanted to have the cowboys 
under three and I couldn't get there. And I didn't, you know, there, there's no scenario under which that number's going below nine, eight and a half. And I would have been there right there for a normal tease. But I, I broke the rules. I played a seven point tease. Uh, I got it up to plus 140 because I played three legs. You're never supposed to do that. But this thing, the Jets have zero chance. There's no chance whatsoever. We watched the best defense in the NFL on Sunday night. Pull the pants down on one New York team. They're going to do it all over again this coming Sunday, JJ. That the Cowboys defense is legit. I am very much respectful and impressed by the Jets defense, but the Jets have no chance whatsoever. Wow, the boys saying that the New York, New York teams are going to get pantsed in back-to-back weeks by the Dallas Cowboys. I just think it's too many points for that Jet defense, fellas. I know everything you're saying, so, Raheem. So, I, so where, where would you make this line? I'm just curious. because I think, the, I think the, it's I, a fair – no, I think it's a fair line. Nine, nine and a half. I think it's a fair line, in my opinion. I think it's okay, totally justifiable. I mean, odds makers, when they reopened this on Monday, it was seven and a half, and the market pushed, up, pushed it up to nine and a half. Yeah, I think they have it right now. I do. I think seven and a half might have been too low. I think this will be right around a touchdown game. I think the Cowboys will win. I just think it'll be a little uglier and not necessarily as easy as it was on, what, a week ago against the Giants. Now, Sunday night, near and dear to my hearts, fellas, the Dolphins, the Patriots, Jastrzemski, Simmons, it's all on the line. The Dolphins opened up as a two and a half point favorite. As everybody knows, the Dolphins right now are the darlings of America. They just won against the Chargers. You're seeing Tua everywhere. You're seeing Tyreek Hill everywhere. And now we're seeing this line move because there are threes in the market. The two and a half is gone. I'm looking at FanDuel as we speak. We are now seeing a couple of threes in the market. House, I hate this game because it's a primetime spot. But I think Miami is much better than New England. So I'm going to go last on this one. Dolphins, Patriots, do you have a play in the game? That's interesting. You think they're much better. After that performance that, that the New England uh, defense put on the Eagles, I thought that well, I mean, was one of the... they lost the game, though, House. That's, that's the one thing. All right, so their defense played well. They forced 10 zillion opportunities to go and win the game, and House, they still could win the game. The Eagles scored one offensive touchdown. I thought that defense was really Oh, that defense uh, is very impressive. good. Don't get me wrong. New England has an excellent defense. And, and it's Belichick, a different, so excellent. Different animal altogether, right. So I just in context, it's worth observing. In their last 10 week two games, the Patriots are eight and two straight up. And against the Dolphins, the last 14 games at home against the Dolphins, they're 12 and two straight up. The Dolphins and the Patriots split every year. The Patriots win in New England, and then they go down to Miami, and they lose. I love the idea of a divisional home dog like the New England Patriots. Very familiar. Now, the counter-argument to this, Tua has owned the Patriots. Tua has been outstanding Undefeated against, the against Bill Belichick. Tua I, has I'm, not lost to Bill Belichick. Just look throwing at it me, out I'm there. Tip of the cap. I'm, I'm tipping my cap, even though it's my old funky gray hair. I absolutely adored what we saw out of Miami. I'm, I'm knocking on wood. Every time we talk about Miami, I'm just going to knock on wood for Tua's continued health because that was really impressive. Their defense was not very good, JJ. That, and and no, I didn't. Especially they, they, run they, defense. They were bad against the run. That's exactly right. I think that Bill Belichick and the Patriots will have a game plan to try and minimize the turnovers that we saw that cost them the game against the Eagles. 
take some air out of the ball, not let Tyreek Hill get every touch that he wants, which is a nearly impossible task. But I like the Patriots here getting the points as a home dog. That's that's my angle on this one, Dream. So my motto actually likes the Patriots, which really shocked me. Um, um, it, it, it just... I actually can't believe it after like what we saw last week from the Dolphins offense, but I think you guys, you guys nailed it with the chargers. They ran the ball all over this Dolphins team. You're looking at a team who had 234 rushing yards, almost six yards a carry. And that's what the Patriots will probably do this week. I expect them to kind of take the air out the ball, but I don't know if the Patriots are going to be able to slow down this Dolphins offense. So if you ask me, I think the total is a little short. I mean, you're looking at a total of 46 and a half. My model actually makes this around 48. So I think this total is a little short. I think you, you'll see a lot more points. I think this, this is probably like a 24-23 a type game, maybe, you know, 27-24. So I lean over, but I don't know if I'm going to touch the side. So normally this would be an automatic point for the home dog for me. In most cases, this is not most cases. Tua does not lose to Bill Belichick. I'm going to keep beating that drum until it actually happens. And I need to see the New England offense go and keep up with Miami. And House, a lot of those trends you brought up, they're fair and they're justified. There's a big difference, though. A guy by the name of Brady used to be the quarterback in a lot of those games you were referencing. I know he looked okay in week one, but Tom Brady. He ain't walking through that door. Miami (laughs) wins. Miami covers. Take that, Simmons. When we come back, we'll get to Thursday Night Football. The Minnesota Vikings, are they staring 0-2 in the face? Are they live covering 7? We'll find out from the boys next. All right, let's get to Thursday Night Football, fellas. The Eagles, ugly, but they find a way against New England. They want to know they're at home. They're laying a touchdown against Minnesota. Raheem, I fully expect that every tease in America will have the Philadelphia Eagles in it. You know what that means. It probably is a little too good to be true. Uh, I look at this game. You know I'm not a believer in Minnesota this year, but I'm getting seven points with the firepower they have on offense. I'm going to go with the more desperate team. I'm going to grab the seven, hold my nose, say my prayers, and fade the public. Uh, I ask you for the second time on this podcast and on this television show, am I certifiably insane? You are not certifiably insane. And a big reason why is because because I think the Vikings are being undervalued in this spot. Um, They probably should have won that game against the Buccaneers. They outgained the Buccaneers 369 to 242. Passing yards 328 to 169. Yards per play 5.9 to 3.6. The only reason why they lost that game is because of three turnovers, all which either took away points from the Vikings or gave points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They come back on a short week and they play this Philadelphia Eagles team, which is really banged up in the secondary. Reed Blankenship, their safety. Didn't practice because of his ribs. James Bradbury is out with the concussion. You got Fletcher Cox out. So they're in a really bad spot, the Eagles. And I just don't think the Eagles really impressed me last week. I think you saw the difference in not having their offensive coordinator, not having the defensive coordinator. They should have lost that game against the New England Patriots. I think you take the seven, which is probably around six and a half by the time you guys are going to be seeing this, maybe even six by the time you're watching this on FanDuel TV. And I'm going to be honest with you, 
I think you should sprinkle a little something Ooh, on the Vikings money line. Sprinkle. Yes, sir. Yeah. I like it. How can you make it three for three? You want to join the family? I, I am on board with this one. Uh, I, I too think that the Eagles are a tiny bit overvalued in this instance. There is always when it comes to Kirk Cousins in prime time, everybody's got to make that meme. Kirk Cousins on Thursday night, three and one uh straight up or i uh, guess a spread that's okay that's not the, right, the so worst Thursday night, not nearly as bad as the rest of his prime time record okay exactly right but but uh to me the real question mark will come down to whether or not the vikings blitz because brian flores wants to blitz 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 if they could put any pressure on hurts the splits for hurts in that game against new england of um his success uh epa under pressure versus when he was comfortable in the pocket, it was a, a pretty radical uh, and dramatic difference in those two splits. So if the Vikings are able to get home at all and get Hurts off platform at all, then the, the Vikings, I think, are, are live dogs. We've got on the other side of this, you know, some underperformances out of the Eagles that you expect them to correct this week. Dallas Goddard got nothing. He got no looks and no touches hardly at all in that New England game. New England took him away. And the Eagles also didn't really look to establish the run in any kind of meaningful way. It didn't feel like it looks like their their running back by committee is a work in progress. I expect to see both of those things corrected come Thursday night. Uh, Tonight, that is to say. And, you know, uh, that would be the argument uh, on the other side of it. But I feel like Minnesota should have, could have, would have won that game, but for silly turnovers that that were probably uh, overdue based on the, the luck they had last year. All right. So the boys are united. We're taking the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, try to get seven if you can. Uh, Fandle right now, it's down to six and a half. So maybe uh, our friends at Fandle, you know, avid listeners, viewers of East Coast bias, and we're moving markets. I know Raheem can move markets. House thinks he can move markets. I definitely can't move markets. So it is what it is. Uh, quickly, guys, any interest, Raheem, in the total tonight, which is at 49 and a half? Mm, I'm not seeing too much I like from this total. I, I, like, I, I have a little bit of like P- PTSD <laughs> from what happened last, last year. I, I think I had this over last year and they just could not get it into the end zone. Uh, so I'm going to leave this total alone. Um, but uh, my model likes it going over, but I'm staying away. House. I feel the same way. It's a stay away for me. That, that number's too far up North. We just saw a week with the fewest touchdowns scored in a week one in, I don't know, 25 years, some incredible number. The defenses are still having an advantage over the offenses. I don't expect that to correct itself in, in three and a half nights, uh, three and a half days. So uh, I just, it's just a stay away for me. All right, boys, before we say goodbye, we will leave you with a parting gift. We'll do so next right here. East Coast Bias, FanDuel TV, Ring of Gambling Show, all our wonderful variety of platforms. All right, fellas, before we say goodbye, uh, we'll lock all of these in, of course. Ringer Wise guys, House and Sharp are going to have something cooking on Friday. Uh, and I'll have my picks with uh, Joe Beningo on Old School, New School for New York, New York. But the Wise Guys is when it becomes official, official. So uh, one of the four members of the Wise Guys, Raheem Palmer, if there's a bet you're making right now for week two, what would it be? Like I said before, the Buccaneers were 
they pretty much were outgained in every single category against the Minnesota Vikings. I just think this line has gone way too far. The Bears opened as one-point favorites. Now you're looking at three-point dogs. That's just too much. One thing that I found interesting is that Ty Bowles, we know he likes to blitz. This is a guy who, I mean, he's going to blitz at well. I think he blitzed on about 47% of plays last week. If there's one area in which Justin Fields is able to thrive, it's against the Blitz. He had an 81% completion percentage against the Blitz on 16 dropbacks against the Green Bay Packers last week. This Buccaneers team only generated pressure on 27% of dropbacks last week against the Vikings. I like the, the Bears to cover the three, possibly win this game outright. My goodness. Well, Dream, as, as a guy with Justin Fields on his fantasy team, I love to hear it. I have, uh, and I teased this earlier, I have a, a perfect what could go wrong, seven-point, three-leg teaser. Kids, don't do this at home. But I wanted to grab the Buffalo Bills. There's an overreaction to how bad the Bills look going up against the, they're hosting the Raiders. They're going to be home. Bills Mafia will be out in full force. That number is nine and a half. I have a tease down to two and a half. I already mentioned that I'm teasing Dallas from nine and a half down to two and a half. Then the third leg to this, to me, is basically just trying to put it into pick a mode. It's San Francisco going into Los Angeles, playing the Rams. Those are the three legs. Grab the, 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 the eight, pushed it down to one. So I've got both the Cowboys and the Bills. All they got to do is win by a field goal, and the Rams just have to, I mean, the 49ers just have to beat the Rams. Three legs plus 140. What could go wrong, JJ? What uh, could three go wrong? monstrous favorites, <laughs> NFL week two. What could go wrong? Pray for you on that one, House. Quickly, you're going to like this. The C-Words getting three and a half against Denver. Denver shouldn't be laying three and a half to anybody. Has anybody watched the Broncos the last two years? They stink. I'll take the commanders plus the points and maybe a little sprinkle on the C-Words to go 2-0 and to start the year. For Raheem, House, good job by the War Gone Warrior. We're back Next week, we got Ringer Wise Guys on FanDuel TV, 11 Eastern. Coming your way Sunday. Boys are out. Be good, everybody. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT Step to 53342 in Arizona. In Connecticut, you call 1 888 789 7777 or you visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, you call 1 809 with it 1 800 522 4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. Visit in Maryland, mdgamblinghelp.org. Visit in West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE. 
H-O-P-E-N-Y, or text HOPE-N-Y 